0: Yeah, uh, Pastor Mark did mention the Bahamas, and uh, I, uh, the Royal Bank sent me down there when I was a young single man, and I was there for six years. And every year on New Year's Day, I would go for a swim in the Atlantic Ocean because I, as a prairie boy, could do that on New Year's Day. But I want to assure you, Pam, tomorrow if I go out of the house, I'm not going anywhere near the North Saskatchewan River, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, what I'm going to talk about today is enthusiasm and persuasion. That's kind of a uh, an indefinite title, but you'll see as we go through this, uh, this time together what I'm talking about. Basically, I'm talking about hitting the mark, finding the main event, and uncovering it. And for many of us, this end of the year is a time when we stop, we think, we try to uh, plan what we're going to do for the coming year. And some of us need to and try to clean up some, uh, some gray spots from the year behind. We're behind, we've, we've procrastinated, we've stopped doing things that we should have done or never got it started. We try to do that at this time. I wasn't quite that bad, but as a banker, I always booked myself into the office in that week between Christmas and New Year's. I uh, used that time to clean up and freshen up and get ready for the year to come. Uh, it, was, it was a happy time for me because there weren't many customers coming in and it was always kind of nice to go into the new year with a clean desk and everything's ready to go. As a manager, I was responsible for people on, in the branch. Uh, I would try to think of ways to increase the efficiency and the pro- profitability of the branch, and I had to figure out how to get staff on site to do some of that stuff. But, <coughs> pardon me, uh, all too often... I discovered that uh, preparation and planning do not always work out as planned. <coughs> some of those uh, some of those days at the office uh, were, quite frankly, wasted de- wasted days. I didn't hit the mark. I spun my tires. I drifted in the sand. Excuse me. <coughs> I spent the night coughing last night. But anyway, there, there are always a lot of obstacles when you try to clean something up, it seems, when particularly when you're coming at it late. And I discovered um, it was a great enlighten, enlightenment for me to know that uh, uh, there's a great tendency in we people to preserve the past. It worked well before, so let's not change too much here, but sometimes you have to do that. When we conduct a wrapping-up exercise, we must be careful to discern the distinction between enthusiasm and truth and between group spirit and individual perceptions. We all know how easy it is to go with the flow. When we go with the flow, we're in danger of missing the main point. And I'm, uh, I am I use uh, the text Mark chapter 11 for my, my message today. And there's so much good teaching in that thing, and you're probably wondering... Why I would talk about what is typically a Palm Sunday message, Jesus preparing and then riding into Jerusalem. All four Gospels, including Mark's, present this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus knew that he was creating a great event, Jesus knew that he was following the main point, Jesus knew how it was all going to end. But still he went. When Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he did it in a way designed to gain attention. Yes, it was a public celebration. And yes, the crowds cheered and laid palm fronds on the road in front of him. And they were very, very excited that he was coming they got caught up in the big event of, the, of his arrival, all the cheering and palm waving and all the rest of it. We all know how it started, all this cheering and waving and huzzas. And at that time, only Jesus knew what we all know now. We know how that trip to Jerusalem ended. He used a symbolic animal for his entrance He rode a donkey, and a donkey in that time was an honorable animal that kings rode in times of peace. In times of war, kings rode on a horse. That day in Jerusalem, Jesus was offering himself as the Messiah. The symbolism that Jesus chose here is that of the king of peace, or the prince of peace, he wanted to be enthroned on the people's hearts. Not on a donkey. Not on a conquering hero. The, that is why the uh, the crowds were cheering so loud. They thought he was the Messiah that was going to deliver them from the uh, tyranny of the Roman Empire. They were just a small colony at the corner of the empire. But the Romans had a very tight control over it and they wanted to get rid of them. Jesus didn't come to do that. He rode on a donkey. He was the prince of peace, the king of peace. Jesus had no intention of becoming a military ruler. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And you're probably wondering by now, are we talking about Palm Sunday or are we talking about the end of the year, this reviewing and fixing up and renewing and fixing and fine-tuning. Well, Jesus knew what was going to happen before it ever did happen, but still he went. <coughs> he knew that it was going to end with his death on a cross. Still he went. The noisy crowds did not him, fool him. Pardon me, they did not fool him. Why? He was sacrificing himself for all of us, but it was according to a plan according to a plan worked out in heaven. On that day, on that eventful day, that's recorded in all the four Gospels, the crowd that cheered him so loudly totally missed the point of that event, that entrance, that God, the man, riding on a donkey coming to their city. And that's, The problem, oftentimes, we get caught up in the event, but we miss the main point. That's what I want to talk to you a little bit now about, about how can we miss the point or the main event when we're busy with the big event. And I say, we miss the main event or the point when we enjoy the event, but ignore the message behind that main event. We often get so busy organizing and reorganizing our lives that we just hit the surface. We don't go deep. We cry out to the Lord, Lord, appeal to my motives. Lord, cater to me. Lord, entertain me. Instead of, Lord, show me. Lord, teach me. I'm in the process of trying to figure out what's coming or what has to be fixed that's wrong now. And I need you to show me instead of, Lord, make me comfortable. We miss the main event or the point when we make our God too small. That day in Jerusalem, Jesus offered himself as the Messiah. He offered himself as the savior of the world, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. But the crowds didn't want any of that. They wanted a political ruler who would serve their selfish desires. How often have you stood at the side of the street when there's a parade going by and bands are marching and clowns are clouding and uh, you get caught up in the spirit of the thing. (coughs) And uh, it could be easy to miss the point of why we were there. Maybe we were there just to be entertained, but that parade usually has something to do with a bigger event, at least in my mind it does. The Grey Cup Parade is fine, but I'd rather be at the Grey Cup game. Uh, Oilers win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Those were nice days. Uh, We were entertained, we got some pride when our city was the home city of the cup for a year, we miss the point when we make our God small by acting as if he thinks that our reviews, our cleaning up, our goal setting is of little or no consequence to him. Nothing is impossible with God and nothing is too small for God. He wants us to do well in everything we undertake, He wants us to do well. We're sitting there alone, thinking about what do I do next? How do I get there? And what will be the result of my getting on this track? Don't you ever believe that you are small in the eyes of the Lord? Don't you ever believe that you can limit your potential by making God too small in your lives? We all think of him as the wonder, wonderful, miracle-making Father, Lord, who uh, come in and save us like the Calvary does in the Western movies. We all think he'll turn things around somehow and make it better when it's tough. And I've often told people, if you're away over here and you want to get back, it takes time with God, it takes time with prayer, it takes working your way back knocking all those bad habits down, knocking them down, knocking them down. And you do that when you walk with God. We miss the point when we make Jesus king for a day and not the Lord of our lives. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has saved them from the dead, you will be saved. And being saved is being saved forever. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We may even hurt people. But God says, all right, let's start it up again. And it starts by praying. The same thing as this getting back to the center. Comes with prayer. Prayer with God. Prayer with God. Because Jesus says, we miss the main point when we concentrate on distractions and we concentrate on personal desires. We miss the point when we make God or ourselves too small. Is that the disease that you have? I have it sometimes. I don't think uh, uh, all the time like this, but there are times when I figure, why am I bothering God with this? It's just a frustration, and it'll be different tomorrow and I'll be better, but he wants us to talk to him in all circumstances. He wants to be part of our lives every day. Jesus is Lord because he is God. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's from Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. We miss the point when we make Jesus, we do not make Jesus uh, the Lord for our lives. We miss the point when we say, why change? Everything seems to be working fine now. I, I had a father... An earthly father who, uh, when I was growing up, liked to challenge me to do better. You scored two goals. Try for three next time. Yeah, you did well, but just aim a little higher. That's part of the problem. We miss the point when a horizon. Our horizon is so slow. We're just looking at the flat ground. We've got to get that horizon up. Then we can hit the point. And getting that horizon up means turning our heads and our faces. And our thoughts toward the Father in heaven and saying, show me the way, Lord. I need to know what's really important. How do we get there? I don't know. This is such a big thing. How do I get there? How do I do that? What am I missing, Lord? What's going to come out of all of this, Lord? Those are questions that he wants to hear. He wants us to try to find the point in whatever it is we're doing. For many, the year-end is a time of reflection and forward planning. This exercise should also include a promise to seek spiritual preparation, to seek renewal, and to find dedication. Dedication is another word for commitment, you know. Jesus leads us by example, and he did in this tri- triumphal entry into into Jerusalem. He got the crowds on his side for a day. <coughs> I apologize. I've had this tickle in my throat for a day now. Um, He undertook the the trip to Jerusalem, even though he knew what awaited him there. I repeat that because it's important. And I just ask. The two threads that I'm trying to weave through this message are, number one is, the main point is our relationship with God. The main point is God wants a relationship with us. And the subsidiary point is you have to ask. You have to stop and think. You have to make some uh, definite decisions, determine what is right, what is good, what is holy, what is God-honoring, and what will bring the best result. And those are questions that we don't often ask. We see this idea of a door is open, we walk through it. Well, maybe you should have walked through the next door down the hallway. Maybe there was something better down there for you. You just have to stop and say, what do you want here, Lord? What are you you trying to say here, Lord? (coughs) Where are we going with this? So do you want to make a commitment to seek and follow the teachings and the guidance of the one who knows you best and loves you most? Then talk to God. Talk to him before you start your renewal project or you try to fix up a project that's gone off the tracks. <coughs> I'm sorry, folks, but talk with him again and again as you proceed through the project. There are probably signposts there, signposts there that you can tell you if you're on track or not. And maybe the signpost is hearing what God's got to say and i know i've uh, i've had experiences where i've started off on something thinking it was the right way to go because it was comfortable for me and the lord has said no no you you don't get it you're not you're not doing it right you have to think about this or that or the other thing so talk to him again and again or talk with him again and again when you proceed through the project and then you can finish off by talking with god a final time, when you think you've got this project nailed down, you can say, "Is there anything wrong with what we've done here today? Is there anything that we've missed that needs to be done?" He'll show you. Then and only then will you hit the mark, and the project is ready to launch into action. Remember this: talking with God means that you're not controlling the whole situation. Talking, <coughs> talking with God means you stop to listen to what he has to say. So together as we look forward to 2019, it might be time just to stop and think. First of all, thank him for what we have accomplished in this year and some great things have happened here at West Meadows and I'm excited and I'm looking forward to what's coming down the road with this congregation and with this people. We have a wonderful bunch of people who know and, know and love the Lord and who are willing to step out <clears throat> and take some bold actions. But we have to have a plan. We have to have a focus. We see our ministry as Lewis Farms, the people around us here that don't go to church anywhere. We see our ministry as the people on the street where we live. And we see our ministry as where we work, where we shop. When I worked at the Mustard Seed, and I've told you this before, whenever I was talking to groups of people, I would always tell them to look for Jesus in the faces of the people they encountered when they were in that church building. And uh, I told the people uh, to look for Jesus in the faces of the people who were there to serve them a meal or to help them at the clothing bank or to help them get started with... uh, Family starter kits that were there. You have to look to find the point. You have to ask to hit the point. God will show you. God will show you. We don't all get the big Bethlehem star, but we do get assurances as we go along when God says, yeah, you're on the right track. Keep going. And we all have to be willing and mature enough to say, oh, I was wrong. God wants me to do it this way. This has got better results. So today as we look into 2019, the main point is God is with us. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God is in you. And then the subsidiary point is don't just go with the flow. Stop and say, what's the value of this? What is the best way for me to expend my energies, my time and my resources on this project and not just what will it do for me but what will it do for your kingdom Lord we all need to take those times of reflection and for most of us or many of us at least it's a time at the end of the year when we get up tomorrow morning we're in a brand new year are we going to ask God for some guidance Are you gonna thank God for a year that got you through whatever troubles and tribulations there may have been? And will you thank God for all the blessings that you got in 2018? Because there were many of them. And we don't often thank them for the little things. And hitting the point means looking at the little things and see how they fit into the big total picture. So I pray that we will all be of one accord when we ask God, Where are we going with this life that you've given us? Where are we going with this church body, this ministry here that you've given us, Lord? And don't let us get caught up in just going along and not really thinking about what we're doing and not being intentional about how we pray, how we serve, and how we live. So I want to wish you all a very happy new year. Thank you for... uh, Sticking with me through this coughing fit that I've had, but we got there, and so I just want to pray for you now. And will you just join with me as we pray, Father God? <coughs> you are the God of order, order, order and and uh, and and peace and and love and faithfulness. You're the God that <coughs> knows from beginning to end. We <coughs> see as, as the Bible says through a glass darkly, but God. We know there is light at the end of the tunnel. And Lord, we know that you have a life for us that is meant to honor you and to to give us a chance to serve you better. And so we pray, dear God, that as we wrap up 2018, we give you thanks for all that has happened, even the bad things that helped us to grow. And we give you thanks for what is to come, knowing that you're there with us every day, every step of the way. Please, dear God, help us not to miss the point in 2019 if there's something that needs to be done you've given us another chance it's a new day it's a new year and we don't know how long we've got but help us to make it count for you lord and in so doing we'll feel good about how we are serving you and we'll have that assurance of knowing you will say to us one day well done good and faithful servant in jesus name we pray this amen